Lecture Topic 25th Ramadan Asar A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitanir Rajeem Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu la yashar qawmun min qawmin asa ayyakunu khayran minhum wala wala nisa'un min nisa'in asa ayyakunna khayran minhum wala talmizu anfusakum wala tanabazu bil alqab بئس الاسم الفسوق بعد الايمان ومن لم يتب فاولئك هم الظالمون صدق الله the discussion was about mocking others allah tara says oh you who believe no person should mock another person separately the males were addressed and then in a separate part the females are addressed no male should mock another male no female should mock another female but this is applicable to anyone everyone that a person should not mock anyone and latala says one should not mock the other asa ayakunu khayran minhum perhaps the latter the one who is being mocked may be better than the one who is mocking now this is a very very deep treatment this is actually the treatment of the pride within this was the matter that was being discussed yesterday that to always regard ourselves as the lowest and regard others as better and not just as some concept some idea but as a conviction in the heart this is the reality and if a person truly understands this then he will not end up mocking others making fun of others over something which he deems to be something that is some kind of deficiency in somebody or something he found amusing about somebody he will not make this a point of making fun of anyone because if the sum total of it is that person is better than him so how can he ever mock somebody this mocking others is a is a sin and it is something that stems from ignorance this is very clear in the incident that is mentioned in the quran sharif regarding the bani israil the bani israil there was a murder that took place somebody was killed and they came to musa alaihi salatu wasalam that this person has been killed we need to know who the murderer is who has committed this crime so musa alaihi salatu wasalam turned to allah taala and then came back to the bani israil with the answer that allah taala commands you inna allah ya'murukum an tazbahu baqara that you slaughter a cow so now the bani israel when they were told that this is allah taala's command that now you must slaughter a cow they couldn't 
make any connection between what we are asking and what we are being told to do because their attention was on what they can see they are interested in finding out who is the murderer who is the person who has committed this crime and they are being told that go and slaughter a cow so in terms of human logic these two things can never be linked in any way what has slaughtering a cow got to do with finding out who is the murderer so they started applying their human logic they are not they didn't focus at that time that they are speaking to the nabi of allah taala and he has come back with the command of allah taala and he is conveying to them allah taala's command that inna allah ya'murukum an tazbahu baqara allah is commanding that you slaughter this cow so when allah is commanding so where is the need to apply or where even there's any room to apply any human logic allah's command is beyond any human logic allah's wisdom allah's qudrat where can human logic fathom all these mysteries and the depths of allah taala's hikmat and wisdom and allah's qudrat is above everything so they didn't focus in this direction and as a result they started analyzing this in their own way that how can this cow slaughtering this cow help us to come to what we are looking for so when busari sallallahu alaihi wasallam put this to them so their response was qalu atattakhiduna huzuwa are you making a mockery of us we are going to go and find one cow we going to slaughter the cow people are going to ask us what are you doing we saying no we slaughtering this cow why are you slaughtering this cow we are trying to find out who's the murderer so people are going to make us a laughing stock this is what you are up to this is what you want must be the outcome atattakhiduna huzuwa so in other words when we are going to go about this action of slaughtering the cow and somebody will want to know why and then they'll make us a laughing stock so you in actual fact are the one who is making a mockery of us you are putting us through some exercise which is going to become a means of us being mocked at so when they said to musa alaihi salatu wasalam qalu atattakhiduna huzuwa musa alaihi salatu wasalam's response was qala a'udhu billahi an akuna minal jahilin i seek allah's protection from being among the jahilin you are saying that i am making a mockery of you this is only possible if i was nauzubillah from among the jahilin and alhamdulillah musa alaihi salam was nowhere close to any jahalad he was a nabi of allah taala and among the very prominent anbiya ali musallatu wasalam but the lesson in this is that musa alaihi salatu wasalam on this occasion when making it when presenting to them the reality look i am not making any mockery he and the quran sharif preserves this that he put to them that look this is something to do with jahalat and i am not anywhere close to jahalat allah taala has blessed me with nubuwwat blessed me with wahi so where is wahi and jahalat anywhere close to each other so the lesson in this is that mockery etc this is something that stems from jahalat a person who is steeped in jahalat he will be engaging in such things and if a person is 
not in the jahalat, he is not in the deception, then he'll be focusing on what Allah Ta'ala mentions here, Asa ayyakunu khayram minhum. Perhaps, would be better than you. And whether he is or not, we'll never know here in dunya. And this applies regardless of what the person's apparent condition may be. The person's apparent condition if there's some wrong in it, it's wrong. The person is involved in some wrong, we can't say the wrong is right, the wrong is wrong. But as discussed, that it is the sum total that will eventually count. So now we have been, alhamdulillah, with the fuzzle of Allah Ta'ala, saved from many, many major sins, only Allah Ta'ala's grace, only His fuzzle, His karam. So that is, alhamdulillah, a very great na'mad. The person who we may be mocking perhaps is involved in some wrong which is very apparent, very blatant. So that's wrong, totally wrong. So he's involved in one wrong. We are saved from that wrong. So on that particular note, we are in a better position in terms of that particular aspect. So Alhamdulillah, with the Fazal of Allah Ta'ala, we have been saved from that wrong. That person is involved in that wrong. But the rest of us, the rest of our life, the rest of our heart, the rest of our actions, and the rest of his actions, and his heart, and his condition, when everything will be totaled up, where we finish off and where he finishes off, we don't know. He's one wrong, or two wrongs, or five wrongs, and there might be our 15 wrongs. There may be his 25 wrongs, they might be our five. But our five might become heavier on the scales of evil deeds than he's 25. How come? It's possible that he is involved in sins which well, we are aware of. And we are involved in things perhaps nobody is aware of. Only Allah Ta'ala knows. The extent of the pride in our hearts is so deep that it might outweigh, Allah forbid, his zina also. And this is not just a thing for the sake of saying it. From the way that the ahadith, the aspects that Rasulullah has described, we see this very clearly coming that the internal sins have been described in a more severe way compared to the external sins. Not that the external sins are anything less or anything minor or anything to just trivialize. Very serious. The fact that zina is such a major crime and such a terrible deed that Allah Ta'ala has ordained and commanded that if the person was unmarried, he was never married, then he will be lashed. He will be given a hundred lashes. Now this, and that too must be done publicly, so that the whole society takes a lesson. And if it was a married person that committed such a deed, then the punishment that has been ordained in Sharia is, nothing but this person will be stoned to death in public. Now the fact that Sharia has ordained such a severe punishment in dunya already, and if the person made Tawbah, that's between him and Allah Ta'ala, he'll get saved from the punishment of the Akhirat. And Allah forbid if Tawbah wasn't made, then the punishment of the Akhirat 
if Allah Ta'ala doesn't forgive that sin despite the fact that he hasn't made Tawbah, then he will go through the separate punishment of Akhirat which can't be imagined by us. So this is how severe it is. So this should not for one moment be regarded as something that, well, if it is comparatively lesser, it's something small, Nauzubillah. It's not small, it's very major. But at the same time, the internal sins are far more severe. In the Hadith Sharif, on the one side when Nabi Salaam speaks about pride, what is the tone and what is the way in which pride has been expressed? La yadkhulul janna La yadkhulul janna man kana fi qalbihi mithqalu habbatim min khardalim min kibr This is the tone, this is the way in which it is presented, he will not enter Jannah. La yadkhulul janna who? The one who has pride in his heart to the extent of a mustard seed. Now this is the one side, pride, which is an internal sin. And how severe it is, is evident from this. And on the other side, Nabi Wasallam says that the person who has Iman in Allah in the last day, he will enter Jannah. So, Hazrat Abu Zar radiallahu ta'ala there is various different narrations in one Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala says wa in zana wa in saraqa the person who has iman will go to jannat but wa in zana wa in saraqa even he has committed zina he has committed theft he will still go to jannat now he couldn't fathom this what is being expressed the person leaves this dunya with iman he will go to jannat does it mean despite all these major sins he'll go to Jannah? So Rasulullah's response Wa in zana wa in saraka. Even if he's committed zina, he's committed theft, he'll go to Jannah. Again he asks, Wa in zana wa in saraka? Wa in zana wa in saraka? The third time. Now to cut this, because it's going to go on. Nabi Sallallahu says, Allah rahmi anfi abi zarrin. Even Abu Zar's nose gets rubbed in the dust, this person will still go to Jannah. Now, the point in both is the same. That this person left the world with Iman, but with pride in his heart, even to the extent of a mustard seed, he will not enter Jannat with that pride. He'll have to go through the cleansing process of Jahannam. But with his, by virtue of his Iman, he'll eventually go to Jannat. And this person will also go to Jannat, despite the zina and despite the theft, he will still go to Jannat. But does it mean he'll go directly to Jannat? Doesn't necessarily mean that. If he's made sincere tawbah, Allah has forgiven him, he'll go directly to Jannat. Otherwise, he too will go through the cleansing process. So if this person too is forgiven, he'll go directly. And if this person is forgiven, he'll go directly. And otherwise, both will go through the cleansing process. Allah Ta'ala protect us. That's very mildly put as a cleansing process, but that cleansing process is too far beyond our imagination to imagine the severity of it. So in any case, the point is that the sum total of both is the same, that by virtue of their Iman, they will eventually, because they left dunya with Iman, they will certainly go to Jannat. Either it is Allah Ta'ala has forgiven their sin, then they will go directly. And if not, both will end up in Jahannam first. 
but the tone in which both have and the manner in which both have been presented are worlds apart. This is where it is very clear that the severe, and this is not just the only example, there are many other examples in the hadith as well, where the internal sins have been highlighted to be far more severe than the external sins. And how severe the external sin is, we've understood already. So this is the point now to bear in mind, that yes, somebody is involved in one sin, it's wrong, 100% wrong. And we will have to look down upon the sin, but never the sinner. Because what's tomorrow, we have no idea. What's his tomorrow and what's our tomorrow, we have no idea. So we will definitely look down upon the sin, we will definitely judge the sin. We will judge the sin, because if Allah has judged that this is haram, we'll have to judge it is haram. That is not the portion that one can say that one must not be judgmental. You cannot be judgmental about somebody's end result. He's still living, and what is his end result? And after he's passed away too, we yet don't know what is his reality. It will come only on the day of Qiyamah, what is the reality. So we can't be judgmental about somebody's end result. We can't consign somebody to Jahannam. But we'll be judgmental about the action. That this action is haram, this is wrong, this is forbidden. When Allah has declared something forbidden, we can't judge it any other way. Otherwise, we'll be judging Nauzubillah against Allah Ta'ala, we'll put our iman on the line. Allah Ta'ala has declared something haram, and we see, no, we can't say this is wrong because it will be hurting somebody's feelings. Then we'll put our iman on the line. So the sin is a sin. Haram is haram. And we'll have to be very, very clear about something that is haram, that it is haram. We can't say, no, no, it's something 50-50. Lies declare, especially anything declared haram in the Quran Sharif. In this, in the fitna that is being pushed down into the Ummad and into the entire humanity, the fitna of LGBT, etc. And now many Muslims are changing their language in this regard. No, you can't now say that this is an evil because now this is people's life choice, Na'uzubillah. So what are we, Na'uzubillah, being made to say or, or is it being demanded that must say that no, this is not an evil? If it's an evil that Allah has declared such a uh, disgusting evil, that's how it's going to have to be said. Inni li'amalikum min al-qaleen. Salut alayhi salatu salam clearly declared to his people, I disgust your action. So the Qur'an Sharif has, has declared it as an action that is to be disgusted, that to be disgusted with, that's how it has to be. So we won't be judgmental about any person's end result, we can't do that, that's Allah Ta'ala's prerogative. And what's somebody's end result, we have no idea, we don't know about our own end results, and we don't know somebody else's end results. But the sin is a sin, and a haram is a haram. And if Allah has declared something disgusting, then it is disgusting then there will not be any change in that. And with Na'uzubillah, somebody tries to change that, his Iman will be on the line. So, now when this is the reality, that there are things lurking within us, which could be far worse in total, make our total position far worse than the next person. Yes, he's involved in some wrongs, but what are we involved in? Then, that's one part of it.
that he is involved in something, we are also involved in things. And many of our things are internal. Those of us who purely with the tawfiq of Allah Ta'ala, purely out of his grace and mercy, that Allah Ta'ala saved us from many many things. But can we claim that we are clear from pride? Many a times it happens that a person who is involved in some wrongs, he also is involved, he also is aware that what I am doing is wrong. And now he is battling, he is trying to come out, he got caught up in these things due to the company he kept. So now he put himself in the problem. So now he's caught up in various vices, various sins, caught up in some intoxicants, he's caught up in various other vices. But inside within him, often this is the case. Now this doesn't, it doesn't reduce the severity of the action. And it doesn't in any way provide any kind of excuse. But the issue nevertheless is, that many, of a, many a person of this nature, when one gets talking to him, he starts spelling out his own problems. He himself is acknowledging, I'm involved in this, I'm involved in that, I'm involved in that. And then, in the process, the person, many a times, such people end up making a statement of this nature, I don't think there's anybody worse than me. I'm sure that there's nobody worse than me walking on this earth. These are the kind of statements people, and not, it's not, can, when something is just being said just for the sake of saying it, and when something is being said deep down from the heart, very easy to make out the difference. Something is just lip service, just for the sake of now painting one picture about oneself, and something is coming out genuinely from the heart, very clear from the truth. So it's very clear this person is saying something that he is believing within himself. Now indeed he's involved in some major crimes, but he's also, con- he is convinced, he is convinced about himself, that I am better than nobody. And we are, Allah forbid, convinced we are better than many. We might not be better than everybody. We definitely don't believe we are better than everyone, but we are often convinced within ourselves, we are better than many. Now on this score, who's worse? Because what's this all about? This is indicating something about pride. This person is saying, I'm definitely the worst person on earth. So all his wrongs are wrong. And he must make toba from it. Otherwise he's in line for some serious trouble, Allah forbid. But who's worse on this level? And this is an internal sin of pride. Now this is such an important aspect. It goes to the root of so many things, pride. And this though the topic here is about mocking, but this again is the underlying issue. And therefore this requires such great contemplation, thinking, pondering, meditating over what is my condition within my heart. Because all we've been discussing about anger, underlying issue, pride. This mocking, as yesterday was discussed, will a person mock somebody who he does feel is better than me? Now this is my ustad, this is my uncle for that matter, he might not even be a learned person, but he's a senior now, he's my uncle, and he's a good person like that. So, will he mock him? 
he won't mock even a person younger than him, a person who, but he feels this person is a good person, he is better than me, he won't mock him. So then why he mocks somebody else? It stems out of this ignorance and it stems out of this pride. That I believe I'm better than him. So now this is such a terrible malady, this is a cancer, this is what gives rise to so many problems within ourselves and this is what has to be rectified, has to be addressed, has to be remedied. As mentioned, that the Mashaikh state that this is among the last things that come out from the heart of the Salikin. So what it means? So then don't bother about it now because it's a... No, it means there must be a constant effort that it will come out. It will be among the last things. But if that effort is also not made, then this cancer will just spread in every aspect of life. But if a person is constantly making the effort with the fuzzle of Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala will enable him to get out of this. So this is that very deep lesson that comes out of just these words. And Allah repeated this word, this, this line or this portion twice when addressing the males. لا يسر قوم من قوم عسى يكونوا خيرم منهم Perhaps the latter, those who are being mocked, are better than them. وَلَا نِسَاءٌ مِّن نِسَاءٍ عَسَىٰ أَيَّكُنَّ خَيْرًا مِّنْهُنْ A woman should mock any other woman. Why? عَسَىٰ أَيَّكُنَّ خَيْرًا مِّنْهُنْ Perhaps the latter are better than them. Now if they are better, what is the point of your mockery? So this is a very very important aspect especially because these things are often taken for granted and a person doesn't give two thoughts to it that what's, what's about the mocking? I mock somebody so what? Whereas it's expressly forbidden. Hazrat Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala such a senior sahabi very very prominent sahabi, very high ranking sahabi sahabi who regarding whom Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa endorsed him in such a manner which is very unique Raditu li ummati ma radiya laha ibn ummi abdin that what Abdullah bin Mas'ud is pleased with meaning he endorses something he says this is fine I am pleased with it also in other words he is understood from me everything in such a way that if he is declaring something that this is in order he has understood it from me he has understood it in the light of my teachings correctly that's an endorsement now he became so cautious about this he says that if I see a dog doing something meaning sometimes the dog did something which was now whatever regarded as something lowly or abusing or whatever he says I fear even mocking that dog that lest Allah Ta'ala transforms me into that dog that I also then end up doing a similar thing now, this was his height of caution and was also a way of emphasizing this, that how severe this matter is. That in the light of this ayat, he says that even if I see a dog doing something, I fear mocking that dog as well, let alone insan and let alone a Musalman. I won't even mock that dog. One Sahabi Amr ibn Shurahbil, he says that if I see a person doing something very very lowly, very mean very mean such as 
that now he is drinking the milk of that goat, but how very lowly mean way that instead of first milking the goat and collecting the milk in a container and then consuming it, this fellow didn't have the, he was so lazy, he didn't want to milk the goat, so he's drinking it directly from the others. Now it's an extremely lowly and mean thing, but he says, I fear mocking that person also. I won't even mock him. Yes, it's a wrong thing to do, but I won't mock him. This mentioned in one hadith sharif, that when a person, this is a separate matter, this comes later in the ayat, that, Wala talmizu anfusakum, the next part of the ayat actually, and don't find fault with yourselves. Anfusakum yourselves, meaning you're finding fault with somebody else, you find fault with somebody else, he's going to find fault with you. So you became the means of finding your own, exposing your own faults. You dug somebody else's fault out, so somebody else is going to dig your faults out, so you started this whole cycle. So this is the reason Allah Ta'ala addresses us in this manner, don't find fault with yourself. This sounds strange, but it's not strange, this is the background to it. Now this finding fault of others, one meaning of this is, that digging out people's faults, and the next thing Allah Ta'ala says, وَلَا تَنَابَزُوا بِالْأَلْقَابِ And don't call one another by evil nicknames. Now this part of it, calling one another by evil nicknames, one meaning of this is, that if a person has committed some wrong, and he has repented from it, and now he is still being titled in that evil manner, Allah forbid somebody was caught up in some intoxicants, etc. Now he's given up that life, he's made sincere toba. now he comes around and somebody says, here comes the druggie. Now they are taunting him on some sin that he has made toba from. In the Hadith Sharif it is mentioned, when a person taunts somebody on some sin that he has made toba from, Allah Ta'ala will involve him in the same wrong. That person has made toba from it, now he's still being taunted about it. Allah will make this person get involved in that same wrong and expose it. So, these are the things that a person now needs to be very conscious about. When these are things that have become unfortunately taken for granted, commonplace, people don't give a second thought to it. So this requires even more attention. This requires that we become more conscious about it. We conscientize our families, our children, wherever we can. That look, these are things we never do. These are things which are expressly forbidden by Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala protect us and protect one and all. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alam.